There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to So I Got to Thinking, a weekly podcast which attempts to answer the soul-searching questions set out by fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw in the HBO series Sex and the City. Each week, 20-something Dylan Jones and myself, 30-something Juno Dawson, <laughs> will ask if Carrie's musings are still relevant for today. And this week, Dylan, we are discussing... Valley of the 20-something Guys. That's right, we are up to the fourth episode of series one. This week, Carrie is still trying to make this date happen with Mr. <laughs> with Big. Mr. Big yeah. we, are, we are now four weeks in and they still haven't <laughs> actually been on a date. Um, and they go to the opening of Samantha's new restaurant, which I have a suspicion... Well, it's not her restaurant, she's doing the PR for it. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion is the same setting as Chaos, because from the first cut, it looks a lot like Chaos. It seems almost certain that they were using the same soundstage, and it is here that Carrie meets a very young Timothy Oliphant, the actor you will recognise from Scream 2 and um, Santa Clarita Diet um, and various other things. But I think this was right at the beginning of his TV career, and he is notably in his mid-20s, and Carrie is in her 30s, although I've worked this out. At this point, she's meant to be 31. Okay, so very early 30s. So very early 30s, so... A bit too early to be having an existential crisis about the fact that she's in her 30s. And making out a lot with with a 20-something guy. And this, this um, this leads Carrie to ask... The slightly perplexing question, (laughs) are 20-something guys the new designer drug? And this is the question (laughs) that Dylan and I will be attempting to answer for you this week. Attempting being the (laughs) operative word. I mean, if we were to rank Carrie's questions (laughs) by order of ridiculousness... This is is up there. This is right right up there, because as we all know, the designer drug of choice is (laughs) Ket. But that's for a different (laughs) podcast, I think. I thought it was MDM... Uh, Well, I actually did have a thought on it. I struggled a little bit, but I did think of something. Mm -hmm. I thought, actually, what's trendy now, if we're talking about, like, what kind of man is considered desirable, because that Mm -hmm. does go in waves, is daddies. The daddy thing is is trendy. There's Mm -hmm. a a very popular gay club night in London called Daddy Issues, (laughs) and it's become, like, huge. And dad-type men on Instagram have, like, hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. There are loads of, loads of older models now. So maybe men in their 20s are not the designer drug anymore. 
Well, I think there's a... When I sat down with this one, I was thinking a bit like two weeks ago when we did models, I was like, is this a bit niche? Like, is this really troubling people? <coughs> but like a slightly moth-eaten jumper, when you pull a, a couple of the threads on this one, mm. it led me to some very interesting thinking. Mm. Not least because my present partner is 27. Oh. I am 37. Oh. So there is there is a 10-year um, age gap uh-huh. between he and I. And it has led me to some thinking, and I think, and we keep coming, I mean, granted, this is only episode four, but what I've noticed is that we keep coming back to this notion that this was a series, and these are questions which are operating within a patriarchy. Yeah. And the fact we are even having a conversation about, because in this episode, both Samantha and Charlotte, no, sorry, Samantha and Samantha and Carrie are sleeping with much younger guys. Mm-hmm. Yet no one questions the fact that Carrie is dating Big, who is clearly older. Wow. And nor does she ever. What did it say? What does it say about me that that didn't even occur to me? That's really interesting. Mm. Yeah. And uh, throughout the show, that's never... Question. It's never acknowledged. And she, you know, she dates John Slattery, the politician who looks yeah. older than her. Um, the, un- the only time it really, really comes up is when Samantha, had the, in that one episode where she dates the very old millionaire. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, would you sleep with a 70-year-old uh, man yeah. factoring millions and millions of pounds? Yeah. Um, and Alexander Petrovsky, of course. And yeah. Now, actually, and they do slightly talk about, you know, his age. It is at least a conversation. But, but then um, he's much older, though. And much wealthier. So that's a more, it makes more sense to have that conversation mm. anyway. And yet it's still, and <clears throat> there has only ever been one slight, uh-uh, conversation with me and my partner and I wrote about this for the pool so long live the pool I wrote about this for the pool so I don't think he's going to mind me mentioning it but the only time we have almost broken up was when he found out I was lying about my age oh. because when because to a because tinder is brutal and anyone out there who's on tinder will know it's like the hunger games and that you set filters, you set age parameters when yeah. you search. And a lot of people and a lot of men, including men in their 30s, cut off women at 30. And so me realising this set and kept my Tinder at 30. It's the same on Grinder. Yeah. And so even though I was, you know, back when I got together with my partner, I would have been 36. You know, as when we first met, as far as he knew, I was 30 and uh. he was 26. And yeah, he was furious. He was furious when he found out I was older because... I guess it had got to the point with you where it was kind of like, were you like, oh, should I tell him? Should I? And then it became like too long. It went on too long. And the problem is, <laughs> and I wrote about this as well, I kind of had a professional age. So like, I yeah. think like a lot of women working in the media, I had always been, oh, I'm in my 30s. And then I think I was asked outright by The Guardian last year when Clean came out and I said... I'm 32, which was kind of, and that's among my friends, it'd become a running joke. Yeah. That, and this later on, actually, this is a joke that Samantha engages in as well. She yeah. lies about her age. And then there's that silence, isn't there? Like briefly. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh. For as long as any of us could remember. <laughs> um, she had celebrated her 38th yeah. birthday. And, um, and so it became a running gag that I was 32 years old, you know, every birthday, you know, 32 again. And, um, and then somehow Google knew my age. And I don't know how. I mean, this is some 1984 level nonsense. 
You must have put your date of birth in somewhere. Somewhere, and, and he got it, and it was and how <laughs> awful. This felt like an episode of a sitcom. His mum, when he first told his parents that he was dating me and dating a trans woman, um, they Googled me, and it said Juno Dawson, author, 37 years old. Doesn't give the best first impression. No, and so his parents rightly were like, this bitch is lying to you. <laughs> oh and he came to me and he was like, you know, are you secretly 37? And I was like, no, about that, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and I was kind of outed and it caused, and that I really did think time was up. And weirdly, that was when I first knew how much I was in love with him because oh. the thought of losing him over something as stupid as lying about my age and something as needless as lying about yeah. my age was really distressing. And luckily we, we talked it through and we got over it. But interestingly... These issues about the, you know, words like cougar and things like this, you know, ran through his head because he was like, now all of a sudden he was dating a woman who was not only 10 years older than him, but also much wealthier than him. Mm. And, and it became a thing. I think this is an example. The past few episodes, we've been saying, oh, this doesn't apply anymore or, oh, things are completely different now. Actually, this has remained, yes. I think, stigma about age and particularly older women. Yeah, I think... It's possibly got a bit better, but... One would hope. I mean, what's what's really good, I'm friends with other women who work in the media who are also out-earning their partners, and they've helped me kind of slightly get over it. Um, and I think a lot of this comes from very old-fashioned ideas, you know, that we would have about who's going to pay for food on dates. And yeah. what's interesting is obviously you are a gay man. For a long time, I thought I was a gay man. <laughs> and... Things were pleasingly even in terms of things like when you go to a restaurant, yeah. you either take it in turns or you split the bill. Yeah. Whereas as soon as I was started living as a woman about six years ago, and certainly the first guy that I seriously dated, he wouldn't let me pay for things. Mm. And on one hand, you're kind of like... Should I just sit here? Yeah, and... like, should I just reap this? Because, you know patriarchy, my life was quite difficult as a newborn trans woman, kind of. And so I was like, you know, just take the benefits where you can get them. And then that relationship ended. And in this relationship, I have a lot more money than my partner. And it was kind of like, ooh, this this is weird. And, you know, I'm paying for things. And, and not only did I feel different about it, but also my partner felt like he'd failed me somehow. Yeah. Like this, this isn't right. I should be paying for things for you. And well, I was that's, like, "That's who? Who is teaching us that this is the way it's done?" Because well, that's this a bit is of ridiculous. toxic masculinity thrown in there as well. I think, isn't it? Yeah, he felt like he was failing. Yeah, and that's—he's not at all. He works incredibly hard. It's just I've been in—you know—I'm ten years older than him, so I've been working for ten years more than him. You know, and, and you know, when I was twenty-seven, I would have had his amount of money as well because you yeah. know I was still you know just fresh out of university and paying off debts and things like that so I wasn't saying he was toxic I was no yeah but it's the that, fault of yeah the, the world thing. the world we're living in yeah. is is toxic I think when when we look at this episode it doesn't really go into that other than it being amusing that they are older women dating younger men yeah it's I really enjoyed the episode, mm. a lot happens, yes. including 
the conversation in the back of the cab. <gasps> oh my God, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this up because this is the... Sometimes you can really see when it's gay men writing oh, straight women. completely. And this is one of them because the notion <laughs> that straight cisgender women are not having anal sex now is laughable. <laughs> I mean, Fleabag, episode one, oh, series yeah. one, fuck she's having up, anal sex. Fuck me up the yeah. arse. I mean, <laughs> um... And also, Miranda came out. It's rare that Miranda comes out with something ridiculous. She was like, how committed are you in the relationship? Because that really matters. And whoever's doing the anal sex, when you're doing anal sex, he's got all the power. It's like, you're over, like what? What? She <laughs> never heard happening? of a power bottom? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I think Samantha, well, I don't think any of them are power. I think Samantha's probably a power top. Mm -hmm. Dumb top. <laughs> she does get a strap on further down the line. <laughs> she does. Yeah, with Maria. Throws she it does. back out. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy, uh, mind you, I am a gay man, so I suppose it was written by me and for me. <laughs> um, I did enjoy a preview. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's quite accurate. That kind of is how it feels at first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the notion, I mean, I love the idea. And I, I think... It's, it's one of those nice fantasies that in this world you would have a group of friends <clears throat> who, if need be, would drop everything in their lives to ride around Manhattan in a cab <laughs> to talk about anal sex. I mean, that really is friendship squad goals and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's what's lovely about that scene, which is now, by this stage, four episodes in, I think we really do have a sense of true, undying friendship between yeah. the four leads. That wasn't there in episode one. I was going to say as well, I can't remember it, what exact bit made me think this. It might have been when they were all queuing outside Samantha's club. Mm -hmm. You really get that. They've got great chemistry. They always throughout. Did. Yeah, they, they've got such good chemistry, like... Uh, Samantha like joking saying there are people actually crying <laughs> yeah. and then like Miranda sort of like laughs and it's just it's so real you can feel yourself with your friends and again that's I know when I said this um, I think in the first episode that's why it breaks my heart so much when we hear rumours of them not getting yeah. on because they really did get it up for camera do you know what made me this is slightly going off it was when in Kim Cattrall's interview with fucking Piers Morgan e. uh, where she was like Sarah Jessica, she could have been nicer. Yeah. And I just was like, ugh. It made me really, like, really sad. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, what I took from this episode, because obviously we've, we've got the ongoing case of Skipper yeah. um, as well, which is this notion of power. And obviously it ties in with Charlotte's anal <laughs> moment as well. Um, and again, always, well, we'll come to work Charlotte later, but um, <laughs> this notion of are younger men more malleable or are they easier to dominate? And is this the benefit of going out with a younger man? Because that's that's the way the woman can be in charge. Because yeah. an older man is very set in his ways and is very determined about what he wants. Yeah. Whereas a younger man might be more fluid. And I think this is interesting because I will say this, since coming out as trans, what, five years ago now? I have almost exclusively dated men in their 20s. And this is because, and here is a theory, this is because they are the broadband generation. Yeah. The guys that I've been dating, they are, what, 26, 27, 28? And they've always had broadband in their lives. They're your age, basically. They've never not had really high-quality streaming pornography. (laughs) And I think... (laughs) We're in Trans Corner. We've not. We went. We we're back in Trans Corner. Um, we didn't visit Trans Corner last we didn't. week. Did we didn't. Sorry about that. Um, I think they. It's not really that interesting or novel to them. Yeah. They've seen so much, and they've grown up surrounded by bi people and pansexual people and trans people, and certainly my last two relationships, including my current relationship, they're just not phased. It yeah. just almost wasn't a thing. And my partner always says when when we matched on Tinder, which is where we met, he was just like, I thought you sounded really interesting. I love that you were a writer and that you were really well read and you had lovely hair, which is undeniably true. <laughs> um, so, I love that. Great. Mm, awesome. Mm. I was chatting to... Uh, Charlie Craggs mm. for an interview for QX. We'll have to get her in. Yeah, we will. Get Charlie her Craggs. in. Nail, look up nail transphobia. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, she she said the same thing. Just young guys, completely unfazed. I mean, I'm sure, as always, there are some exceptions. Oh, gosh, yeah, of course. Uh, a lot, probably a lot. But, yeah, and uh, that was really refreshing for me to hear. Because I, I, I don't really, I don't know. I'm a mm. gay man. I'm not a trans woman. So Because <laughs> I think, I don't, because they suggested that, you know, 20-something men were pushovers. I don't think yeah. it's that they're pushovers. I just think it's that they are more open-minded, perhaps. And it's certainly, <clears throat> it's, it's certainly my case that as I went into my 30s, I didn't change on any fundamental level. I'd just been around the block a few more times and I knew what it was I was looking for and what I wasn't looking for. And I do look back on my 20s as being a period of trial and error and certainly in my relationships of sort of figuring it out and this is what I like, this is what I don't like, both in the bedroom and out of the bedroom as well, kind of. I had some absolute stonkers, (laughs) is that the right word? Stonkers of relationships in my early 20s, like just mad. You know where you look, I think we've all got like those few where we look back on it and think what was I doing? <laughs> um, oh, so many of them. Yeah, well, basically all of my early 20s yeah, were wild. But they're necessary, though. That's mm. what everyone has to go through, I think, isn't it? I always say, I mean, there was a slight regret that I didn't transition when I was younger. But at the same time, so I came out to my friend's family, I think I was 31. And so basically my 20s were a 
Petri dish mm. of just kind of experimenting. And it was, it was good. I hope that my partner and I will sort of continue to grow and evolve together. I mean, I worry. I worry my possibly my big fear for our relationship is that, you know, we, you know, as he gets older and as he approaches his 30s, that he'll change and maybe he'll want that cisgender fantasy with the little family and I don't know, um, and whether I'll all of a sudden be a bit exotic and strange. But um, for think, now, it's fine. I think not to, like, invalidate your worries, cause yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's natural to have worries, especially at the stage in your relationship that yeah. you're at. It's at that, like, precious stage, isn't it? And I think if you're like me, you find things to worry about. I'm sure you've got nothing to worry about. No, I think, I'd, no, because it's strange, you know, we're coming up to our anniversary and it's kind of, things are quite calm and lovely and, yeah, the sort of, the, that sort of, I I always think my rule for relationships is it's a bit like being pregnant, don't tell anybody until you're 12 weeks in because they can mm. just spontaneously abort 12 weeks. 12 weeks is, 12 weeks is good. Is and then good. after 12 weeks, you're allowed to tell people you're seeing someone and then, you know, by nine months, I think it's gone full term and you're allowed to assume you're in it for the long haul, I think. Um I think I've just seen something on my... This is completely... Are we ready to like... This is completely off topic. No, do, let's um, please do it. Uh, back to, slightly back to anal sex. <laughs> when the guy... Um, when the guy... Because uh, it's the guy... The reason for the conversation is this guy, Charlotte, who's, who's dating, wants to do anal sex. Mm -hmm. And I was quite... I liked her as a character when she like very just firmly and politely said no. Yes. She didn't want to do but it. But a bit slut shamey. Yeah, a like bit. She, she, you know, I can't be the wife, yeah. you know, if I've had anal sex, which again, we know is absolutely wild. The woke and, Charlotte would definitely have something to say about that. And the voiceover, Carrie's voiceover was something like Charlotte had respectful sex, which implies that anal sex is not Somehow disrespectful. I mean, I, what I do like is it feels, like you said, very maturely negotiated, yeah. which is Charlotte doesn't <clears throat> do anything she doesn't want to do, and clearly she doesn't want to do it. Um... And it's interesting, I once read it was sort of sorry thing about how much sex the characters had had. And obviously by a long stretch, Samantha has the most sexual partners, but quite and closely followed by Charlotte. Mm. And um She does like a date, doesn't she, Charlotte? She does go on a lot of dates, yeah. And I yeah, imagine Carrie has the mm. least. Yes. Yeah. And then um I quite like the fact that, you know, then he says, Can we have can we have regular sex? And Charlotte negotiates, and yes, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Although we never see him again. <laughs> no. So may maybe he really, really did need the <laughs> ass. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, the anal sex, I don't know. But as you said, written by gay man, very apparent in that episode. <laughs> but I mean, this and this brings us to one of those really overarching things about Sex and the City. And one of the things I loved about Sex and the City is the big chicken and egg question, which is, were women always getting together to talk about anal sex yeah. or did sex in the city empower women to get together and talk about anal sex which has now 20 years on meant that for Fleabag anal sex is perfectly yeah. standard kind I of. think it probably I'm sure women talked about anal sex before sex in the city but I imagine they uh, I imagine sex in the city made a lot of women a lot more confident and a lot more and made them feel more able to be outrageous in public yeah. over brunch or over drinks. So they did for me. I mean, so I think, yeah, so I was 18, I think, when the show started. Um, I was still in school. And at that point, had not had sex, actually. So it was, um, you know, 
a, a, a strange and alien notion. But as I headed into my 20s, you know, when I moved to Brighton when I was 22, I wanted Carrie Bradshaw's life. Yeah. I wanted my own little flat. Um, I wanted to go on dates and I wanted my little squad. And the reason I moved to Brighton was because my best friend from high school had gone to Sussex University and we very much, you know, to the best of that our budget would allow us, you know, we did used to get together and talk about, you know, because I was the more one night standy one at the time. So, you know, we'd we'd always make sure that, oh, I'll see you in the morning and we'll do the debrief. And, and I don't know if we would have necessarily done that. Maybe we would because we were all talking about sex. Even at school we were talking about sex. I think it was done in a different way. Like, I think I think we're really similar because I watched Sex and the City just before I went off to uni mm. as well. Um, and definitely in the back of my mind, I wanted to be... It's so, like, every gay man wants to be Carrie Bradshaw at some point or another. Or Samantha. Or yeah. Samantha, yeah. I wanted to be both. I succeeded slightly in having essences of both, as mm -hmm. did you, I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it completely... There were definitely times when me and friends were sat around a table... And we would say, like, now I would never say it. <laughs> I would never say it unironically. But we would say, oh, this is so sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you accidentally find yourself doing yeah, it. And you're like, oh, yeah. this is this is very, so yeah, this is a bit of sex in the city. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We're accidentally having cocktails in Harrods. How, yeah. how and why are we even here? What, what has happened? Have I been abducted? I think in that way it did. It definitely facilitated it a little bit. I, don't, I think it would be wrong to give it sole credit. Mm. But definitely a bit. It's a, it was a huge cultural thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I think sort of it led to other things as well. And I, but, but I think, you know, at the same time as Sex and the City, there was queer as folk. Yeah. That led into things like the L word. So there, were, there <gasps> the was... The L word I love so the L word. A general... A shifting of Puritanism, I think, of, of allowing yeah. women to be much more open about sex. <clears throat> but, you know, Cosmopolitan had been doing it for years, the magazine. You know, oh, yeah, the sex It quiz. had been talked about. Jackie Collins had made a whole career out of it. But now I think it certainly became... Sitting around and talking about sex was suddenly aspirational. Yeah. And that, that I think, is great. I think that anyone who's read like any of my writing will know that I think talking about sex and destigmatizing sex is brilliant and it saves lives yeah I mean maybe that yeah. was I mean I mean let's not remove context this was the end of the 90s and the AIDS crisis had brought around a wave of new puritanism mm. you know for mo for most of the 90s sex was completely off the menu because for so many people at that time sex equaled death yeah. you know and it was horrific and I would strongly recommend watching pose on BBC I player um because that deals with that period but it felt like and interesting again this show was created by two gay men it almost felt like sex was creeping back onto the agenda and the way to do it perhaps was through women talking about mm. sex because for gay men there was still very much a, a period of recovery maybe this might from be a, a trauma this might be a slightly controversial thing to say but i've often thought that maybe because of everything that you've just said, they were possibly living vicariously through Samantha a little bit. Mm. Um, and I loved it when she got her GLAAD award and in the speech she said, as you know, I played a gay man on Sex and the City <laughs> for six years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all of that stuff. Um, we need to go back to the main question. Which is our 20-something men. So is it, uh, you know, how desirable is a younger man? Uh, well, let's, hang on, let's do twinks. Do you do you fancy younger men? Because you are nearly a 13-year-old, Dylan. Yeah. So would you be keen on, like, a 20, 21-year-old guy? Not, not 
as a rule, no, not really. Um, but I'm into all sorts. Like if you lined up all of my kind of escapades, mm-hmm. it's all, it's every every kind of... It's like a selection kind of, box. Yeah. It's like, what do you fancy today? It's like Cadbury's roses. Why limit yourself? <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, yeah, not generally. I'm not sure why. Um, there are a lot of gay men who are very into young men, obviously. Mm. And there are a lot of straight men who are very into young women. Yes. Um, too many. Well, like I said, this would this if this was a show about four men, there would not be an episode about how novel and quirky it is to date a twenty-something woman. Totally, because it's just obvious. Because well, that's the goals, isn't it? And yeah. You know, it's kind of an. You know, I think that is kind of when we look at the way that products are marketed towards women. A lot of it is you mustn't look a day past thirty because your husband will leave you for Angelina Jolie or whatever. You know, it's it's just kind of like I said, the daddy thing earlier. The daddy thing is really trendy now among gay men. Uh, maybe because so many of us have been let down by our fathers. Maybe that's going. <laughs> maybe that's going a bit dark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so dark. But no, I mean, because it's funny because when I was in my twenties, I was very much, a, I guess, a daddy chaser. Oh, I was okay. very into. Do you know this is a shameful, shameful admission? <laughs> but my biggest sexual fantasy during my early twenties was Megatory Ivan Massow. Oh, my God. Careful for legal reasons. Please be careful with what you're about to say, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I won't say it. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. I totally get that. Just, just... I know. So bad. I, yeah, so bad. <laughs> um, but, um, so, yeah, there's, there's a curious confession. But I wonder, <laughs> and I'm going to say something that's hopefully more appealing now. What if the new designer drug in 2019 is yourself? And actually, yeah. when we talk about self-love and self-care, maybe this is the new love relationship that we are instead focusing on. And actually, having spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, who's your ideal partner, maybe for today's listeners, actually, the, the most important relationship, the designer drug, is the relationship you have with yourself. Oh, that's nice. That's, I think, what, what a nice, yeah. nice... Ending, that's a nice point. A final thought, yeah. yes. Thank you very much for listening um we will be back next week and i am very excited because it is i think my favorite episode of all Ever? time really which is series one episode five the power of female sex there you go Carrie, oh, darling yeah. <laughs> amelita right uh yeah see you next week i've been juno dawson i've been dylan jones dylan b jones Um, Yes, stay safe. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.